Hi, everyone. I'm Mara Freeman, Public Relations Manager, and welcome to Resilient and Real. Today, we have with us Stephen Diaz, a peer and family advocate from the Barstow Clubhouse. Hi, Stephen. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners who are not familiar with uh, peer and family advocates, tell us what, what do you do? Here at the Desert Stars Clubhouse, I help consumers uh, live happy lives. Uh, I'm a peer and family advocate, so we'll empower our members for their wellness and um, provide a stigma-free environment, give our members the opportunity to run groups, uh, throw events, go on excursions, make friends, uh, do recreational activities. We go with them to advocate in uh, Behavioral Health Commission meetings uh, to advocate for themselves. Well, you mentioned um, stigma, and I'm sure you're aware that May is Mental Health Month. And part of what we like to promote during that is um, stigma reduction, the importance of seeking treatment and being able to talk to others, and also uh, suicide prevention. What are some ways that you guys celebrate May Mental Health Month out there at Barstow Clubhouse? We work with Barstow Counseling. We we focus more on the uh, the activities, the um, advocacy group. But when whenever uh, there are situations like suicide, um, we have counselors, we have therapists, we have clinicians that are within the next door. So it's very easy to link them to uh, to the professionals who can help them. I think that that's a, a great point because I think peer and family advocates have kind of a very unique relationship, right, with our consumers, something that I, I, as myself as a communications person, would never have. So you're in a position that um, you've developed a level of trust, of camaraderie with um, our consumers. Has there ever been any issues where where you've been approached by someone who's talking about suicide or, or thinking about suicide? Yes. Yes. It's, um, it's happened a few times. And uh, we, uh, we have a crisis counselor here um, next door at the clinic. You know, I, I do my best to actively listen, to show support. The best thing I can do is just love and listen, mm. you know, and, and be just meet them exactly where they're at. And if there's something that's out of um, my control, you know, how it's designed here, we're uh, very close, one call away from um, helping them deal with the uh, whatever issues they have. We also connect them with crisis uh, counselors um, and intervention. It's uh, very rewarding um, to be able to help people exactly where they're at. And it's challenging sometimes, but um, you know, it's such a blessing. Absolutely. You're saving lives. You know, every life is valuable and every life is worth living. And we want everyone to know that. I know for me in my life, I've been in situations where I've been talking to a loved one and I've realized that that person is um, contemplating ending their life, you know, or it's been something that they've thought about in their mind. And I really didn't know how to react. And the thought of a loved one saying to you something as serious as um, in my situation was... Uh, this person told me, you know, I, I want to run out into the street and let a car hit me. 
you know, and that scared me to death and I didn't know what to do. So when someone, when you, when in your experience, uh, I do now, but in your experience, maybe you could tell our listeners, what are the, what are the, what are the signs I need to look for? And if they're approached with, by someone who is, says something like that, what do you need to do? The best thing that I do is listen, actively listen and, you know, just show, show them, make eye contact, um, show them that, uh, that I'm here for them and that they're not alone and that uh, then that they're loved. There is help available. To me, it's uh, the bottom line is love and meeting them exactly where they're at and, and just keeping it real. Yeah, that's the name of our podcast, Resilient and Real. Um, so we definitely want to do that for sure. And we want to encourage our, all of our listeners to do that. Um, Stephen, if there's any uh, resounding message that you want to leave for our listeners surrounding the importance of mental health and the work that you do, and again, thank you for for the work that you do because it's um, life saving for sure. But what is the message that you could leave to our listeners, again, in terms of mental health and suicide prevention? You know, there's hope. There is hope. There are so many um, here in DBH, here at Desert Stars Clubhouse, here, and um, each person has something special to offer to the world. You know, there if there's ever a situation where you don't know um, what to do, you're confused, there are professionals that here in our department that care um, and that will make a difference in your life. We love we love everybody and everybody's lives is uh, worth it. And we all make a difference. Suicide is not the answer. Uh, love is the answer. What would you say to that person that's saying, you know, I don't want to reach out. I don't want to tell my loved one or I, I don't want them to think I'm crazy, you know? It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay within your own thoughts. Sometimes we have imbalances. Sometimes, um, you know, like right now, specifically during this pandemic, we don't have many opportunities to reach out and we're asked to isolate, you know, have hope. There's a purpose and a reason for everything in life. Just reach out, reach out whenever there's any thought of, suicide or hopelessness. Um, there's just so many people in this world that, that can help and that will help, that want to help. Thank you so much, Stephen, for um, speaking with us. I am so thankful and um, it's reassuring to me to know that there's people like you on the other side, that people in our community, if they pick up the phone and call behavioral health or call the Barstow Clubhouse or those that you come in contact with, that they're going to get help, that they're going to receive someone on the other line that um, genuinely cares about them and can walk them through whatever it is they're dealing with. So thank you again for speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me and uh, keep up the great work. I appreciate you and God bless you. Life is not always easy and self-care is vital to our mental health. It's time to hear from Anthony Castro, a DBH clinical therapist too, on how he practices self-care in this week's self-care corner. When it comes to self-care, I tend to conceive of it in terms of who I am when I first wake up. When I first wake up, no matter where I am, I'm me. The thoughts that I think are utterly my own. And then almost immediately, 
I start thinking thoughts that are prescribed to the role that I'm in. I might start to come aware in the morning and here's hear a, a crow on my roof or something. So I hear some skeetering on my roof and immediately I shift to the role of homeowner. What's that? And do I need to go look? Some of us have children. So in the next room, uh, you might hear some noises and now you're in the role of parent. And throughout the day, it's just the accrual of, of roles that come with prescribed duties and prescribed responses. They're us, to be sure, but each one of them comes with its own unique stressor. And so throughout the day, as we're playing these roles, we're carrying a remainder of stress and it, it accrues. So self-care is necessary for all of us to kind of press the pause button, make sure that we're not carrying a remainder of stress from the previous interaction we had to the next interaction. When it comes to stress and role of clinician, there's a, an added layer, and that is that we are called upon to be guides. We're called upon to guide clinical care. And in role of clinician, though we have scales and we have diagnostic manuals, the greatest resource we'll have will always be ourselves. If we're not centered and grounded, if we're, not, if we're carrying a remainder into our clinical interactions, we're not an effective tool. We're a, a compass that's not pointing north, and that's not, that's not productive in any way for, for anyone. I know we all have different interactionary styles and we all have different ways of being. For myself, I do best with a self-care regimen that is engaging of my physical body, something that allows me to break through, to, to clear my mind. In order to do that, uh, I usually either jump on an elliptical machine. Again, I'm not kind of titrating or varying my speed up and down. I'm just remaining constant in the hope of engaging my body to release myself to think thoughts that I might have suppressed or not been cognizant of throughout my day. Consider where I am today relative to where I was yesterday or the last time I did this. Uh, or uh, I also play the guitar and I find that really relaxing in the sense that it's, it's challenging at a level. And then once you are able to achieve a level of mastery over it, you can almost forget that you're playing. So it's engaging you. And it's, it's requiring something of you, but it's also allowing you to unlock something that's a little bit deeper and is, is more peaceful generally than, than my thoughts throughout my, my busy day. We owe it to ourselves to recognize like the self, like there's a voice that will remain constant through your whole life. There's a voice that was with you in childhood. Although I haven't experienced it yet, I believe it's the last voice I'll be familiar with before I cross over and it's a real blessing. It's a, it's a really lovely thing to be in touch with that, with that part that is mostly, most you, and, and to ground to that because it's, it's, it's a version of self and it's, a, it's an inner voice that you're going to be able to draw on through moments of, of great tumult and, and despair and also moments of great joy and all the random moments in between. It's only to our betterment that we better synchronize ourselves to that which was and is and will always be relative to our lifespan. Do you want to share how you practice self-care? Send us an email at dbh-publicrelations at dbh.sbcounty.gov. This Friday is the 17th annual Evening with the Stars featuring Grammy award-winning singer and songwriter Michelle Williams. Michelle will share her powerful story of overcoming depression and how she took charge of her mental health. 
Stream the event this Friday, May 28th at 6 p.m. on Facebook or YouTube. If you missed any of our virtual events this month, you can still watch on our Facebook and YouTube page. To learn more, visit CelebrateMHM.com. Until next time, live life resilient and real.